trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Are bestsellers all they're hyped up to be? The Terrible Book Club explores whether or not you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. If you've ever seen a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 76 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Chris, and this is Paris. Hello. This time we read Forests of the Night by S. Andrew Swan. That's not what we called it all the time, though. No. Paris, uh... you and I defaulted <laughs> to calling this book Tiger Gun all the time. Well, that's just what the cover, that's like what you see on the cover, you know, and it's just, <laughs> it's two words. It's very descriptive. Forests of the Night is a an overused title. In fact, I discovered this when I was uh, Googling it briefly, and there are so many fucking books called Forest of the Night, Forest in the Night, In the Forest of the Night, In the Forest in the Night. It's like, the, it's very overused. <laughs> All combinations of the Forest of the Night. Yeah. Night real, Forest, seriously. Even, probably, somewhere. Um, yeah. Also, but there's like no forests in this book, and I mean, I, there's, there's a lot of night, sure, well, but that, that's, I, that's the, I don't yeah. understand why this was the title for this book. You really don't, or are you just fucking with me? No, I don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chris, the forest of the night. It's the dystopian, crumbling, gang-riddled, drug-infested neighborhood that the protagonist has to work through. That, He's a tiger. He's a tiger man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. We should probably right. tell you a little bit about Wait, this. Wait. Does, does a tiger live in a forest? <laughs> yes, Chris. Tigers live in forests. I don't know where tigers are. Oh my god. I thought they were like in Africa. Oh my god. Someone help Chris with tigers. Alright, hang on. Are they like jungle cats? Let's, yeah, forests, jungles. Forests and jungles, it should be jungle of the night then. I, I think, okay, now you're making me doubt what I think is true about tigers. So we're gonna go to Wikipedia real quick. Uh, because I feel crazy. I'm pretty sure tigers uh, live in forests and jungles and live in okay, Asia. Okay, forest and jungle is different. I know they're Asian for sure. I, well, you I, said I know, Africa. I know Those I said Africa too. I, I think maybe there's two kinds. I, you don't, do you know? I don't. Well, I'm checking right now because now you're making Because normally when me... I think of big cats, I think like savannah. It just should be like savannas of the night. No, that's lions, Chris. Tigers and lions are very different. They're big cats. Oh, God. All right. Distribution and habitat. (laughs) The tiger historically (laughs) ranged from eastern Turkey and Transcaucasia to the coast of the Sea of Japan and from South Asia across Southeast Asia to the Indonesian islands of Sumatra, Java, and Bali. Since the end of the last glacial period, it was probably restricted by periods of deep snow lasting longer than six months. Currently, it occurs in less than 6% of its historical range, as it has been extirpated from Southwest and Central Asia, large parts of Southeast and East Asia, uh, now mainly occurs in the Indian subcontinent, the Indo-Chinese peninsula, Sumatra, and the Russian Far East. Uh, In China and Myanmar, breeding populations appear to rely on immigration from neighboring countries, while its status in the Korean peninsula is unknown. The tiger is essentially associated with forest habitats. (laughs) Okay, all right, fine. Tiger... (laughs) Um, you can end the Wikipediaing of me now. No, no, please. I'm now looking at a map of fucking the tiger shit. Um, <laughs> wait, that wait, Chris. Like, you, yeah, I think you where really... tigers actually shit or well, yeah. I mean, I'm looking tiger at where bathrooms they... across Asia. Well, yeah, I'm looking at where they are, where they exist. Yeah, so I think in your mind you had confused tigers and lions because tigers are not in Africa and they don't aren't, live in the savanna. Aren't a lot of other big cats in Africa? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot like of big leopards cats in Africa. and shit. No, leopards are... <laughs> what about a panther? No! 
I know, the Black <laughs> Panthers in Africa. No. Leopards and Panthers are in America. Really? Yeah. Wait. Wait. Maybe. Wait. Wait. No. 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 There's some in America. There's some. We in the will American- not be discussing any book this episode. It's all cat facts. This terrible cat, cat club. Uh, terrible book cats. Um. So, no. There. I don't know if there are any leopards in Africa. Let's find out. Um. um I, maybe we should get to the book. No. No. I really need to know now. Uh, while you're doing that, I will say that this book was discovered and donated yes, there to are. us by our friend Hillary. You remember that she donated some other books to us, including The Angel War Fangs and A Spectre is Haunting Texas. That's like a pretty, you know, 50-50 coin flip out of her because Angel War Fangs was really something else. And A Spectre was Haunting Texas is was okay for sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, that was fine. Um, this might be a sort of hybrid between the two because there's like a light romancy thing happening here. And it's also a little bit sci-fi about weird people. Um just bringing us back to leopards uh there are leopards in africa so sorry my okay. i they're but they're all kind of everywhere don't don't leopards laugh are at me all the time paris <laughs> i might be right sometimes even though i was basically guessing <laughs> anyway anyway yes thank you hillary for donating this book to the show so the reason this book ended up on the show is because hillary picked it up based on its cover uh the cover is pretty ridiculous it's got, as we mentioned before, the main character, Nohar Rajasthan. He is on the cover. He is a tiger man with a machine gun. Um, and by tiger man, I mean a bipedal humanoid that looks like a tiger. It's a furry, Paris. Let's just cut to the chase here. Well, no, it's not a person in a suit. It's a tiger man, genetically yeah, but, engineered. But it's 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 probably what furries want to be, maybe. I, I'm yeah, not going to speak this... for all furries here, so I'm going to back off on that real yeah, quick. Yeah, but... I was going to say, neither of us are part of the furry world, but I would call this book Furry Blade Runner. Like, yes. kind of shittier Furry Blade Runner, like, watered down. Um, <laughs> it's just half of the sugar of your usual furry blade runner. Yeah, low fat furry blade runner. That's that's kind of what this is. Um, I actually didn't hate this. I will say that. I don't know how you felt yeah, about it. Yeah, it's not such a terrible book. It's There's definitely okay. Yeah. Like so, the way the plot comes together towards the end is certainly. Yeah. Not amazing, but there's, you know, there's a good amount of good world building here, and I was intrigued by the mystery up until the way it tied up. I was like, ah, nah, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so it ended up on the show because the cover looked absurd. There, so the the Tiger Man drawing is actually quite good, but then behind him, it's the high quality furry is, art we're dealing with. Here. Behind him is the. Uh, I think this is his girl, the lady he's interested in, or yeah. is that the other assassin from Israel? No, I think that's specifically the lady that is. Yeah, the I think you're right. Romantic subplot there. Uh, Stephanie Weir, and she just looks like she doesn't belong on this cover. Like she was poorly photoshopped in, even though that's clearly not what happened. And there's some yeah, fire the in the background. It's a little awkward. Yeah, it's just kind of an awkward-looking cover. So that was why we decided to go with it. Um, We should explain what we do usually, I guess, if you haven't (laughs) listened to the show. Yeah, uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, what we do on the Terrible Book Club is we read books that we assume will be bad, based uh, either on their cover or their title, the summary, or any combination of those things. Uh, Sometimes we also have people donate books to the show, make suggestions. Uh, Sometimes our patrons ask us to read things. So in general, we're reading books that we wouldn't normally pick up. So we're we're doing the opposite of what most people do. Most people go into a bookstore, they look at Kindle listings, and they go, "Oh, this looks good." We go, "Oh, this looks like with a shit." Gun on the cover. Yeah, right. We're like, "Oh, this kind of looks like it might be shitty." Let's read it. So it's just a different strategy to read books. Um, yeah, so that's what we do. And uh, I mean, once in a while, we end up liking stuff. Like I, like I said a little while ago, I actually didn't hate this and we'll talk about uh we'll talk about why but um content warning so you know you get our usual barnyard language we swear a lot we talk pretty casually on this show in this book there's a lot of talk about fighting drug use um we have we're gonna have to talk about the mechanics of human and human animal hybrid romance uh we're also gonna touch a little bit on racism because that is a key part of this world in this book and there is uh, we may, I don't know if we're going to actually say it or not, but we might end up 
uh, referencing a slur that is specifically used against those of Asian descent. So be aware of that. Uh, for now, let's read the summary. Cue sexy saxophones and rain drizzling in the background. Never cross a human. That was the first thing Nohar Rajasthan had learned, back when he was still a cub, back when his parents led a bloody Moreau rebellion and left him an orphan. It was then he realized that, to humans, Moreaus, the various animal stocks genetically manipulated to blend human characteristics with animal traits their human creators found useful, were barely second-class citizens, no matter what the enlightened U.S. government of the 21st century said to the contrary. Gifted with natural martial abilities, a heritage from his tiger-stock warrior parents, Nohar now eked out an existence as a private eye, dealing exclusively in Moreau cases. Then, against his better judgment, his funds almost gone, he accepted a commission to investigate a human case, the death of the campaign manager of a powerful politico who was making a bid for the Senate. And suddenly, Nohar found himself targeted by everyone, from the local cops, to federal agents, to a dangerous drug-running Moreau Street gang, to a canine assassin with a 100% kill rate. And he hadn't even met the real enemy yet. Yeah. Uh, So, the summary also made us go, "Mm, I don't know about this. Um, So, main character is Nohar Rajasan. He is cool tiger guy, private eye. Cool Um, tiger guy. guy. Private eye. Burn cool burn tiger burn guy, burn private burn eye. He's a cool tiger <laughs> eye, private guy. Don't come in his office without knocking first, please. <laughs> oh, God. That was terrible. Um, so we've got Stephanie Weir, uh, Steffi. She is the sexy human woman uh, who Nohar ends up... Uh, hanging out with she uh, <laughs> yeah, <let's call> <laughs> she, uh she um worked on the campaign uh the politic the, the politican the politicians the politicians <laughs> the politician that's what i call them <laughs> she worked on the campaign for the politician uh that was referenced in the summary uh the polit- uh, politician's last name is binder he was running for senate and she was his cover because Binder was gay and actually dating his uh, finance chair, Johnson, or accountant guy. Uh, so Stephanie was just hired as quote-unquote window dressing. Um, so there's that. Daryl Johnson is the guy, is the campaign, or, oh, oh no, damn it, fuck, I fucked their names up. I don't remember who the, who was the guy who was fucking? Was it Johnson? No, because that's um, the guy that was killed. Johnson was the guy that was killed. The, there was another accountant that he was gay. The Senator Binder or Senator to be Binder was having a gay relationship with. But Johnson was just like his campaign manager that crunched enough numbers and dig dug deep enough to find some stuff out, and it got him killed. Yeah, I think we we may be slightly wrong about Johnson and the other. Anyway, there's some gay hidden gay Senate dudes. That's all you got to know. Um. Manny is Nohar's kind of adopted father figure. He's a he's the Moray medical examiner. Uh, so he works with the police, but he is only allowed to work on Moreau cases. Um, Does that mean it, there's a whole separate Moreau morgue? And yeah, like, a mor- I, mor- mor- morgue. The morgue. <laughs> and yeah, he's kind of like helps Nohar whenever he gets too roughed up and he gives him science info sometimes. There's Angel, who is a lady rat, who kind of just sort of becomes Nohar's sidekick in this story. I I really don't... Not I, even really. Yeah, I felt she like... kind of like... He, like, takes her in after he... There's a thing later on. He takes her in. She doesn't really have to be there. Yeah, he, it's, She it's, does it's, give him some, like, street-level info on the conspiracy that unfolds. Uh, Midwest Lapidary Imports, or MLI for short, uh, this is the company that hires Nohar to investigate. No, not the, quite. Not sort quite. of, sort of. So, a member of MLI hires Nohar to investigate a certain, the, the murder, because he's convinced that other members of MLI have somehow been behind this, and he wants to find out if they are indeed responsible for it. Right. So, yeah. So anyway... John Smith is the guy that works for MLI. We'll talk a little bit about him in a minute. Um, there's Hassan, the dog dog assassin, dog assassin. Uh, he kind of works for MLI, murdering people. 
uh, mores or moros or mores, as they call them, are human and non-human animal hybrids. Like I said, that are bipedal, and I think they really only mix them with other mammals. I don't remember them talking about. There's no fish people here. No, there's no fish people or bird people or anything. Slug I think people. Yeah, it's kind of just. Or so sorry, maybe not just furries only. Well, maybe no not... monster girls, no slime girls, guys. Sorry. Well, maybe not just. Yeah, I yeah, because they only they only reference rats, rabbits, bears, cats, dogs. I don't. Oh, mongoose. Yeah, there's a mongoose yeah. in there somewhere. <laughs> She's running around. Yeah, I. Well, no, that's what. Um, isn't that what? Uh. Yeah, Manny is the Manny mongoose. Manny is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't think there's any. I'm not sure what the extent of the mixing is, but that's that's what we got. It seems to be um, only animals that are militarily beneficial to be like inbreeding. With. Although I don't know how like the rats and the rabbits are. Necess- they're quicker, maybe, or something. The rabbits are confusing to me, but rats make sense because rats are really smart. Um, But anyway. The rats in this book aren't portrayed as particularly smart. No, it's true. So so anyway, yeah. So all these um, hybrid people came about because various governments around the world are trying to breed super soldiers. And so now there's this sort of second class citizen population. I, does it go into like which country I know for some of them it specifies which country selected what animal and I'm really interested in like the voting process to figure out like okay what are we crossing these people <laughs> yeah. with over here yeah really because because Nohar you know obviously came from India and they chose tigers and mongoose and then yeah I guess they didn't and then they said that um where did the dog come from Iran I think so, yeah, because he's named Hassan, and he's so like their name Arabic, is some, right? yeah, like he, yeah, their naming is somewhat of a clue as to their national origin. But like, what, like, what? Why did Iran land or on Afghanistan? the dog? God, is, I don't is, is there like if you if one country gets one animal, no one else can have that animal? Yeah, I don't know how the genetic lottery worked by country. <laughs> like, if there was a, <laughs> there was like yeah, a draft, I, and like the like whoever was last got rats, and so that's oh, why God. there's rats. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. It's but anyway, I think I think the whole concept is really interesting, and I actually think that the world that Swan builds is quite convincing. Um, but there's so there's also Franks, which is short for Frankenstein, uh, which are cyborgs, so like humans with some robot parts. Uh, Flush is sort of this like hallucinogenic heroin, I guess. I'm not. I don't know that. I don't that's know why really... you listed Flush under characters here, as if the drug is a character. Well, no, I was. I I meant to talk about uh, phrases and concepts, just because I know we're going to be using those terms, and I want people to know what the fuck we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, pinks are humans, and oh, all of this takes place in Cleveland in the 21st century. So. The, the ideal uh, dystopian sci-fi cyberpunk setting. Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> well, it's where the author is from. So I mean, assumedly, when everything goes cyberpunk, it has to spread everywhere, right? Like, Cleveland's yeah. eventually going to go cyberpunk. That's just everyone's destiny. Yeah, I mean, it's a big city. Like, it makes sense. Um, yeah, Drew and then... Carey show, but cyberpunk is occurring uh, right now in this world. With with animal people? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I hate using... Drew Canary. <laughs> so... The Drew Canary show. <laughs> Uh, Cleveland squawks. Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland squawks. Oh, oh no! Okay. Oh god, that was so Let's... terrible, and I can't stop laughing. Oh man, oh, so... this episode is a fucking hot mess. I'm sorry, everyone. It's fine. That's I like them like this. this no, is just it's 2020 episodes from now on are no. just messy, oh. dirty, haphazard. No, it's because I didn't have any time to prep for this because my week has been really crazy, and I was actually trying to rush through this to go do something else, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so don't give our <laughs> listeners anything less than your A game, Paris. My God. <laughs> they're getting like a B plus, solid B plus for me right now, and that's what they're gonna take. Um, it's not like they're gonna find a Paris somewhere. Uh, so anyway, that I does anyone even know what we're talking about anymore? Fucking Tiger yeah, Gun, it's, it's Private you, you Eye, said it. Furry Blade Runner, Fur Runner, Fur Runner, um, Blade Furry. Yeah, 
So, <sighs> Nohar is kind of your typical brooding action hero, just like with a tiger skin on him. You cool know, like eye tiger private guy. Yes, yes. Tiger eye, cool private guy. Something I didn't understand that was... So, also, y'all that live out in Ohio, is is it just raining all the time in Cleveland? Because that's, like, one of the things that made me think about Blade Runner was because it was always fucking raining in this book. It was always raining or about to rain or had just rained. Always raining. And I was... Various synth swells happening throughout the like you can't yeah. tell sometimes, but if you listen really hard while you're reading, there's always just a buzzy sawtooth happening with some reverb off in the distance. Yeah, listen very close. Maybe a saxophone. Um, <laughs> and I didn't understand why the main character, who is a tiger man, was always so annoyed when his fur got wet. I'm like, you're a tiger. But cats don't like water, Paris. But tigers love water. They love no, but swimming. he acts like a cat. That's like that's about as far as the tiger thing goes. Is that he's big, furry, and muscly, and he acts a little bit like a cat sometimes. Yeah, I didn't understand. But he also has thing. a cat. Who Can is we named talk about? A, yeah, cat. <laughs> a cat was named Cat. Yes. And is there something weird about that to you? Like there was to me. Oh, really? I didn't think it was weird. Like the the cat man owning a cat just seems it's. I, you know, it's not like it's cannibalism or anything like that. It just, it's, I don't know. It's like if you owned a really stupid version of yourself as a pet. <laughs> yeah, actually, when you put it that way, that does seem really like, fucked Like, imagine up. if there was a smaller, stupider version of you that hung around <laughs> in your house that you had to feed all the time. Oh, you mean like a child? <laughs> oh. I guess you're, yeah. Yeah. Like but, like, this child. one doesn't grow up ever. It yeah, that just sounds, remains small and stupid. That sounds awful. <laughs> that is the last thing I would ever want. So why would he get a cat? Like, that's what I mean. Like, why would you get a cat if He it does would... seem pretty, like, uh, it does kind of seem like he doesn't willingly have a cat. He's always, he refers to the cat kind of as though it's just there. I don't know. I don't know if it was, like, his ex-girlfriends or something. Uh, yeah, his ex-girlfriend Maria is a is a panther lady. She breaks up with him and moves to California, which is his whole motivation for taking this crazy job from the Frank that involves humans, which is something he never does because it pays really well. And he's thinking about following Maria out to California. Um, so, you know, the book just goes through typical detective shit. You know, he's like getting into some fights with rat gang drug dealers. He's, you know, rescuing Angel the rat. You know, who he finds drugged out of her mind with flush because someone was trying to send a message or whatever. Um, He's doing tiger stakeouts? Doing doing stakeouts, you know, investigating the scene uh, and interviewing people, like people that were, could either be witnesses or were involved, maybe involved with some people, uh, you know, in the the political campaign and the murder. I mean, so it's all all that stuff. Like, it all kind of happens pretty formulaically. Um. I guess that's that's sort of the thing with this is it's it's really not terribly written. I actually really like I, I think he did a good job with this world that he built. Um and there there are other books in this series. It's like a short I think it's like a four book series about Nohar and in this world. So yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was pretty alright for the most part. The thing like like we mentioned earlier, the thing that really got both me and Chris is the bad guy plot. <laughs> and the ending yeah there's um, no real good way to like kind of we're not going to walk you through like point by plot point what the beats are until nohar finds out what's going on because it's a little bit pointless he, yeah. he you know there's your classic private eye scenes there's a gunfight at the very start of the whole book between nohar and a, a flush dealer that's a frank he's a japanese cyborg um and they get into a gunfight where the dog assassin shows up to kill everyone and Nohar's hired by a mysterious person after that and does his private eye stuff yada 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 so I think jumping directly into what the plot the like the mystery that Nohar is unveiling is is actually more uh, conducive to having a conversation about this book yeah yeah so basically he discovers that John Smith the Frank who hired him is not a Frank. He's actually a fucking alien. And in fact, all of MLI, mid, I think it was Midwest Lapidary Imports, um, 
or aliens. What is a lapidary? Uh, it's uh, uh, stones, gems, right? <laughs> it's when you right? drop a bunch of yogurt in your lap, right? No, no it's, it's it's like it's stones no, and gems, right? It's when you drop a bunch of yogurt in your lap. No, that's not it. Not it. <laughs> Chris. I told you to yes and be Paris. Oh, God, that one was tough. I'm sorry. Uh, so, in any case, he finds out that they're aliens. Um, Can we actually talk about uh, how it's sort of absurd that Nohar didn't figure out it was an alien pretty quickly? Because it's <laughs> yeah. not like this thing like hides itself from view to well, Nohar. Nohar gets into a car that like picks him up one time and there's a what's described as a humanoid mass of pink that's vaguely humanoid shaped but sort of boldless, I guess. He's got yeah. severe bonitis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does have severe bonitis, but um I don't actually know. I, I think it is very believable that he doesn't know because he lives in a world of genetically engineered beings and this thing had a bunch of robot parts on it and he just thought it was like a, a frank that was really fucked up like someone who was basically just um like memory chip you know like a person that had kind of been so fucked up that almost their entire body had been replaced so i actually don't think it's that weird um he definitely given... mentions that all of the Franks have, like, skeletal systems to move them around and stuff. Yeah, he was like, oh, these are really weird-looking Franks, but whatever. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I honestly think it's fine. Um, so, in any case, he finds out that these aliens have been, for quite some time, um, buying off politicians to pass... To pass laws to defund NASA. Specifically, this is the objective. Yep. So that humans cannot um, go to space and contact other aliens and find where and find other places rich in mineral deposits. So basically, these aliens are just like, no, you stay away from my shiny's Earth. And they go through this like crazy convoluted plan to keep earth away from its shiny gems but they also take earth shiny gems which seems like a shitty part of the deal here because the way uh mli funds these political buy-offs is by mining diamonds how did they get the seed money to start mining diamonds when they landed okay so you're a bunch of squishy aliens in a pod coming from a squishy alien world right you land on Earth and you're like, let's start a mining company to buy off politicians? Well, no, no, no. I mean, the mining company was because they need gems and stuff. I think they need them yes, for some Paris, reason. Yes, Paris, but how you're, you land on a planet yeah, where I you know, have I know. no reason, you don't have any Earth bucks or whatever. How do you fucking start a mining company? So, no, so I think they were mining them themselves to collect enough of them. Then they probably learned that humans valued them. How does how does a mass of pink blob mine diamonds? I I don't know, and it wasn't only diamonds, but I honestly I how have does no a idea. mass of pink blob get anything close to any sort of capital to be able to start any of this? I mean, my only guess is that they because they basically tried to make themselves look like Franks, so they they studied human culture long enough to know that they could kind of masquerade as Franks. Uh, And that seems to be the only way that any of this happens. But I agree with you that it's, it would probably be a little difficult for them. Yeah. I also think they didn't fully plan it out because one other facet of like stuff that goes on in the book is that uh, Nohar finds out that MLI invests in a food production company called New Food, N-U-F-O-O-D. It's like new metal, but in food form. So every time you take a bite, it's got those sick corn bass riffs in it. And no, so, every time you take a bite, you have to scat. <laughs> you have to berber dang every time you take a bite of New Food. So it, 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 later on in the book, it, it, you come to find out that the aliens bought out New Food because... It was poisonous to humans because it's based off of levo amino acids as opposed to dextro amino acids. But that's what the aliens live off of. And they had to buy off new food in order to have food to live. You shot across the galaxy with no food sourced for your human 
isolation plan. You just landed on Earth and were like, okay, we got to get these congressmen. Oh, fuck, I didn't pack any snacks. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not. The whole food thing, I, I, that also seemed a little weird to me. Like, I feel like they could have just cut that out because I sort of. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that means so they didn't need the gems for food. No, were the, was, were the gems fuel, or did they just like shinies? No, no they ju- they specifically got the diamonds to sell the diamonds for money to buy off politicians, Paris. No, but they wanted to keep Earth from stealing their gems. Right? No, just their resources and also like habitable worlds. They thought humans oh, yeah. were too violent and shitty. To be out there. There's, there's I mean, like they're other not a- wrong. They're not, they're not wrong. wrong, but there's like other alien races that they're in contact with, too, and they just don't want humans to take over any resources. I really don't think it was like they're like interstellar dragons that hoard all shiny gems across the galaxy. Well, that's what I was picking up on. It's definitely not what I got out of it. They were literally just mining diamonds to buy off bullet. Okay, let me see if I can give the, the listeners here the overarching plot here. Aliens land on Earth in order to set a plan in motion that prevents humans from finding out that there are other worlds and aliens to go mine or exploit. Um, They do this by getting diamonds out of the Earth, selling that for money, using that money to buy off politicians and specifically the U.S. legislature. They don't mention any other country, despite the fact that other countries still exist here and assumedly might still have a space program, especially if they're genetically engineering super soldiers as well. I know Japan and like another country are like nuclear wastelands, but that doesn't mean everybody doesn't have a space program. Anyway, um... The plot is to buy off enough politicians to defund NASA's deep probe mission so that they don't find out about other worlds and aliens, which is an extremely convoluted way to keep humans isolated and from finding out about you. Yeah. If if I am trying to hide from someone that is light years away from me, I wouldn't propel myself across the void directly onto their planet where they could find me and find out about me. Yeah. To infiltrate the legislature of one nation to defund one science organization's deep probe project. It does seem pretty absurd, especially since apparently they've been doing they've been working on this plan for like decades. Um <laughs> also, it, so the only the only thing I just want to point out is that um they, there are some wars mentioned that seem to sort of imply that the U.S. is maybe the preeminent um, entity and perhaps the only one left with a space program. But I'm, I mean, I'm really just grabbing at tiny little straws here. It doesn't spell that out. I feel like it should if the plot relies around specifically the U.S. government's Congress being targeted here. I agree. Um, And Furthermore, yeah, like this is such a fucking convoluted. Like, if you're worried about that probe, just disguise a missile as an asteroid and shoot it at the probe. Which is exactly what Nohar suggests yes. at the end of the book. After there's like, so you're you're basically there's a couple of plot lines or thing, things going on in the book that you're trying to connect, and at at the very end, like the last ten pages or so, is just Nohar sort of taking the plot step by step and displaying it to the reader in the most direct way possible but even then it's kind of confusing because of how many things it has to go through and even Nohar himself says you could have just put a a nuke on the moon that you shot at whatever probe that goes by the moon and what the aliens counter with is law requires we act indirectly in covert activity how the fuck is going down to the planet you're hiding from covert when you could just do what Paris said throw a fucking rock at it from afar and knock the probe out and then everyone down on earth would be like oh shit an asteroid hit the thing fuck like it does not working anymore or it goes off course and it goes to somewhere where there's no aliens right like you could just do that too or even then instead of defunding it you shoot it off in another direction entirely yeah i yeah i know and then (laughs) so many different ways (laughs) we also didn't even talk about the the flush dealing you know the drug dealing that was also looped into this plan as like a way to pay the gangs 
for some, I don't even remember why the gangs were okay. involved. So the I, aliens <laughs> want anti-Moreau politicians to come to power because that's who they're buying off most of the time. And that's like their pet issue they can use to propel these politicians into their elected positions. They basically, So the shitty racists are being funded. Yes, because the, the aliens know they can leverage the racism to get the politicians into power. And then the, those politicians are the ones that vote to defund NASA because of their mysterious benefactors. Well, Which, there are it? other, but like the other part of this plan is that MLI, they, so they, they pretend they make up this company and they even make up like 500 employees and they use all of the 500 fake employees to um, send money to the politicians and to also send them letters asking them to defund NASA. So, like, the aliens aren't even, like, the politicians don't know about the aliens, and that's why that guy was murdered, because he found out about the aliens. So they just think that they have all these supporters who really want them to defund NASA, and so that's why they do it. Or try to do it. I don't even think they, they're successful. Yeah, so the whole gang thing is because the the aliens also want to incite anti-Moreau sentiment, and right. they do that Thank by you. funding, like... Moreau inspired riots and stuff like that even though most of the Maury's or Moreau's are conf- in, at least in Cleveland they're confined to like a, a few square blocks it's called Maury Town and like they, no humans really go in and out of there and they try not to interact much with the the Moreau, Moreau's Moray's I don't know which one I should be saying uh, yeah I don't know it's pretty segregated I think it's bigger than just a few blocks but yeah it is it is segregated um, and there's a lot of rules like you know, humans, obvi- obviously humans have a thing about not being nude in public. And but Moreau's are, you know, they're part other species and they don't wear clothes. So uh, they have to sort of wear but clothes yeah, sometimes. And they I don't like understand. To... I don't understand why that's the animal part that carries over. Like you have a sentient brain that. 95% of the time has human opinions and human ways of looking at things except for the clothes bit. I would say even more than 95%. It's like, I mean, yeah, there's nothing. The only thing that's kind of non-human about them is when the Moros go into their, like, rage. So if you've ever played a barbarian in D&D and you can, you know, you can you can rage and get bonuses to your ability to, like, murder shit and hurt people... They have the same thing where they can go into a rage and no Nohar calls it, you know, the beast, you know, when he becomes the beast, which is kind of lame, but whatever, um, you know, and so they they get it's like a surge of adrenaline and they, um, you know, they don't feel pain as much and all that stuff. So like other than that, yeah, I it's it seems a little odd that the nudity thing would be. I don't know, would be a thing that survives, but whatever. Genetic engineering is fucking crazy, so I I don't know. Sure, fine. Um, (laughs) There is a fair amount of uh, racism kind of up front in the book where, uh, I mean, some of it, you know, is about, is between the the humans and the mores, and that's to be expected, but there's definitely some racism against um, Japanese folks and others of Asian descent, which is kind also of shitty. A, you know, like the one black character in the book is a cab driver that has to have a shit in there a couple of times. Yeah, has to have this like very stereotypical um, kind of like inner city accent. And I think they even refer to um, Hassan, the dog assassin who is from, God, I can't remember if it's Afghanistan or Iran, but I they also use a slur to refer to him at one point or the to uh, middle eastern countries in general and that stuff kind of got me so i was like that's kind of gross but i mean this is <clears throat> like i said i think it's in service to building a believable world but once again we we come to this point where we never really know how to feel about this stuff because it's like yeah you know you don't want to back away from difficult things like that but i also just wish people didn't like authors didn't rely so heavily on typical stereotypes um for me it's just the way like he's trying to have some kind of a race relations discussion between how morose and humans interact but it's extremely shallow 
in just that, oh, they're segregated and you're not allowed to cross over too much. But beyond that, it's not like it's delved into that much deeper. Yeah, that that is the that is kind of the I, well, and again, this this is part of I, I didn't know that this was part of a four book series when we <clears throat> when we started it, but perhaps it goes into that later. I don't know. This is more focused on the action and mystery part. Um, you know, I and I thought the rest of it was fine. Like I thought the writing was solid. You know, not stellar, but decent. Uh, the the sex scene in the book is taste is relatively tasteful and short. Oh, there's one thing about it that's really funny, or two things about it that's really funny. Um, you know, like this could probably be a fun movie if the the evil alien plot is maybe reworked, and they probably and they they would have to design the mores to be less bestial if they want to keep the sex scene in. Because <laughs> I feel like yeah, uh, Nohar and Steffi have their moments like two thirds, three quarters of the way through the book. Finally, I think yeah, he's like it's the classic scene where the you know the the male lead is injured and recovering and the woman he's interested in comes in and fucks him while he's trying to recover which <laughs> which know, to me sounds like a really fuck bad all the, the the bad health out that's I just how sounds, you do it. yeah it just sounds like a bad time to be fucking like that wound's if, gonna split open and you're yeah <laughs> no i'm serious i mean it's like if you're, you're covered in wounds and all bandaged up and sore like what are you doing no it's all in service to the idea that hey super manly men ready to fuck at all times yep. even with gun shot wounds and there's always a you know a damsel in distress to rescue and take care of who's gonna you know serve your every need and all that shit so it's definitely very like heterosexual and very uh okay tropey but, uh, in that here's respect the part, here's the part of the podcast paris where we have to ask yeah yeah we gotta talk about this so like how <sighs> How does tiger per how does tiger person regular person stuff work? Yeah, does he have, does he have the cat parts for that? Yeah, yeah. So this is the question because the illustration leads you to believe that Nohar is very tigery. I mean, he has full face fur, tiger ears, tiger claws that are just articulated into sort of a human hand. So my main question. Is does he have a barbed cat penis? Because <laughs> yeah, if pretty... so, this is a practical question. It would make having sex with a human woman <laughs> extremely horrible and painful for the human woman. So, like, did they I... like specifically genetically engineer? Like, oh, he's got like a regular dog though. Like, he's furry all over except where it counts. Yeah, and and to me, and that would be weird, right? Because they do talk about how Moros were um, produced. Gen generally speaking um by like insemination like they didn't you know because they were they were just supposed to be like government tools they weren't supposed to be people that were like existing in the world of course now at this point some are conceived that way but it seemed like mostly that can, was not can, the case so i don't cross think that species they... or like i know nohar has a tiger mom and a tiger dad so they're not sterile, right? Like they would be like those would be could could the tiger and the dog no. make a tiger dog? No. No, she says emphatically while talking about a tiger human hybrid. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe like, where does the crossing over stop? Yeah, I I don't I do not believe that they could have viable offspring. That seems a little outside the realm of possibility maybe although that, if we're following if we're following the well spoilers for blade runner if you've never seen blade runner please skip ahead maybe 30 seconds okay spoilers for blade runner happening now if we're following the the shitty watered down furry blade runner theme like that is a thing in blade runner right that you know the um the fucking oh my god i can't replicants Fuck. replicants thank you politicans so that they do the talk politicans about how, can't breed that's you the, know the like they, eventually a replicant is able to um have a child with a human you know i mean so maybe maybe that's the something that could happen but it does seem pretty unlikely to me um maybe that like i said maybe that's the fun part of human and moreau relations you don't gotta <laughs> bag it up Oof, god that's a <laughs> 
that's a phrase that needs to be retired immediately. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, so anyway, at least the sex scene was short, but the beginning of it is a little silly. Um, Chris, do you remember what I'm talking about? No, because I read this book like three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, it kind of took it took us a bit to finish this one. So, um, and I definitely did not make it a point to remember the beginning of the sex scene between a lady and a tiger dude. Well, it sticks out in my mind because it was silly and weird. So, you know, Steffi comes in. She's like, oh, no, hi. I, I see you're, you're okay. very furry today. It's all I standing see, on end. I see you're very injured. I'm going to make love to you or whatever. And they're like talking about his mom and they start fucking. But, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a weird way to start that. Um, yeah, he tells her the story of his mom, and then they get intimate after that. It's kind of weird. Uh, awesome. I guess, I, I guess, yeah, I guess, you know, it's like, oh, we're bonding emotionally. Now we're going to bond physically, whatever. So. Have you uh, ever, have you ever <laughs> talked about your mom before you fucked anyone? Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> exactly. That's, no. I'm just going to bring that point up. Neither uh, have I. Ugh. God, uh, why? Why do you have to say these things now? Well, anyway, wow, that really derailed my train of thought. Um, so they're getting intimate, and Nohar decides, or maybe not decides, but this is just normal for him. He starts bathing her with his tongue Ooh. because he's a cat. So he starts licking her like hair and arms and like everywhere. And I was just like, "How does he have weird? the rough cat tongue?" Because that that's another be nice. question. That would be, right. That's another question. Does he have a giant sandpaper tongue? That probably doesn't feel good on certain parts of your body. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, wait, wait, do tigers have the the house cat tongue too? I think all cats have that. All right. Well, do someone, we need to Google some, more cat facts? Like, someone go let a tiger lick them and report back to us, please. <laughs> but maybe not all over, because then it'll get the wrong idea. Especially yeah. if the tiger starts talking to you about its mom, <laughs> run away. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I get that Nohar is a cat man, and that makes sense. Like, if he was fucking his ex cat girlfriend who was a jaguar, like, sure, I'm sure they're gonna have their like licking ritual or whatever. But this is a human woman who has presumably. They make Soft, certainly make it human skin. Right, well, presumably someone who has never fucked a tiger man before. It certainly makes it seem like this is abnormal for both of them. So it's just really weird to me that she wouldn't be like, "Oh, that's great, but could you maybe not? <laughs> could you maybe not lick that my hair?" That must be some terrible sex. First the sandpaper tongue, then the barbed dick. Man, it's really yeah, it's just so lose I, lose everywhere. Also yeah. claws on the fingers. So like, really, this shouldn't work at all. Oh yeah, that's right. The giant horrifying like flesh rending claws yeah i so there's just a lot of things that could really go wrong uh, they can cuddle I guess and that's really it damn it now chris i now i'm wondering if if tigers do have barbed penises because i know i know i think all cats do right i'm i'm I not a cat dickologist i don't so. i don't want to google these things <laughs> yes oh, please god make your search history for google even worse and they're going to start serving you the weirdest ads oh god my search history is already fucked because of this podcast <laughs> it's always this podcast Heard that you causes... thinking about tiger dicks <laughs> would you like this um tiger dick sculpture no, would t- you mean tiger dick dildo? Because I'm sure that exists. Uh, um, sure. There's dragon dildos out there, so someone's oh, bound to have Jesus made a, a tiger one. Yeah, so anyway, so that's a thing that has to be thought about in this <laughs> fucking book, uh, or at least that we thought about. So again, if this were going to be made into a film, I think it might work, but you'd probably have to human up that tiger man a fair bit for people not to be creeped out by it. Would that just be the Cats movie then? Oh, no, no. Would you want to have sex with those instead? No, no. God, no. I think I'd rather fuck the very burly, muscly tiger guy on the front of this book than anyone in in the Cats movie. Well, they took all the genitals away from everyone in the Cats movie, so... True. (laughs) There's no fucking. There's no fucking in the world of Cats. Can't win. The furries have not found... They haven't found the right balance for the underserved market, let me tell you. No jellical dick for you. That's Um, why there's so many, you know, artists that make a living off that. Yeah, I uh if you follow us on Twitter, you saw me live tweeting my experience uh watching cats. It was terrible. Um Let's never let's never talk about it. Um <laughs> Okay. Jeez. Uh it's just I've just it was it was so unspeakably bad, I just don't and I just feel so honestly, I feel such 
sorrow for all of the dancers and musicians who were in that film because all of their talent was just wasted. It was just thrown in the, into the fucking sea because it was just obscured by this horrible CGI sheen and weird artistic choices. Slowly so. dissolved away with thousands of sandpaper cat tongue licks. Yes. Over yes. time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this book, right? Remember that? Um, I, we haven't even really talked about why the campaign manager was murdered. So... Oh, he was just murdered because he found out about the aliens. He figured it out, kind of. He didn't really really nail it down. The aliens knew that he was on to them, so that's why he was murdered. But but again, this kind of throws a whole wrench in the alien plot. At the end, they're like, well, it was a necessary thing to do. Um, our the traitor in our in our midst, like he, he should have known that we had to go this far to protect ourselves from being found out. But then why did you come to the planet in the first? Is that not direct action? At what point is is the law okay with that? I guess it just makes no sense. Yeah, the alien law was confusing. I yeah, it doesn't. How is coming down and meddling in Congress less direct than just knocking a probe out of orbit or for its trajectory? And how is murdering a a human on that planet less direct than throwing a rock at a probe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, once again, this is kind of the essential problem with the book. Um, Oh, yeah. Another thing that was sort of... um, surprising about it is i i was definitely i definitely thought that stephanie um nohar's girlfriend i guess i i thought she was gonna turn she was gonna be uh she was gonna turn on him and betray him and be evil because that's sort of what usually happens in you know detective stories or whatever it's like ah that dame was actually bad for you you know whatever um (laughs) but no, it just kind of resolves in like a very soft fart at the end, yeah. as I think you put it in your notes. It was like they kind of just live happily ever after. No, she buys him another cat at the end because his cat oh, is killed. If you that remember, was, okay, I was pretty sad about the cat being murdered. I gotta say, yeah, they they kill the cat named Cat, and Nohar is sad about it, and Steffi gets him a new cat, a new small stupid version of himself to have and to care for and that's the end of the book it like ends on that little sweet note which is fine that's a fine way to end the book i guess i I think what they should have done is they should have combined steffi and the fbi agent character she should have been an undercover fbi investigator or something that also falls in love with nohar or something which is another classic you know action movie thing to happen which could probably make this a little bit more enjoyable honestly just kind of like yeah, we didn't even talk about her. Um, what the fuck was her name? Eshi Evie. It was like Ellie? Isan. It was literally like the, the black metal <laughs> um, guy. Uh, no, I don't. It was something like that. But she's an Israeli like special ops Frank, basically FBI agent. Yeah, and I, I feel like that would have been a little more interesting. Like we said, we definitely could have cut out like Angel the Rat. Could have cut out a lot of stuff, but I mean, it's a four book series. The books are under three hundred pages, so. You know, it's it was fine. It was fine. I don't think anything other than the bad guy plot, which I guess, I guess is kind of a big deal because that's what the whole book is about, right? Listen, I think <sighs> I can fix it, Paris. I think I can actually fix this one. Okay. You don't make it aliens at all. You make it like it's a Frank conspiracy. Like they are actually Frankenstein creature genetic engineering things. And they want to cause a Moreau and Frank uprising against bigoted humans. Yeah. So they're like, you know, instigating all this stuff to make these bigoted humans come to power. And then part of the plot also for the aliens was that MLI was supposed to be found out. And that would cause disgrace amongst all these Congress members after the vote happened. So that Congress would be thrown into disarray and like, I guess, no more legislation could happen or the the u.s would be thrown into turmoil or oh something i forgot like about that. i forgot about the other part of the convoluted plot another layer of confusion was that they were setting nohar up as like a fall guy because his dad was a crazy revolution leader who you know caused a bunch of murders to happen uh maybe like 10 plus years before mm-hmm. um and their whole idea was to have him take the fall for the 
inevitable uprising, right? That yes. they thought they were going to create. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this should have been this should have been a frank conspiracy to like like I said to pit the humans and the Moros against each other or something like that. Right, so that the robots could take robot people could take over. Um, and then you don't have a weird new food I forgot to bring snacks on my alien road trip thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the whole deep space NASA thing. It just, you know, pairs it down into like getting control over Congress just to instigate turmoil for the sake of chaos which actually makes a little bit more sense. And then you can kind of continue this on into the rest of the series, because as far as I know, like, I don't know what happens in the rest of the books, but they catch all the aliens in this. Like, all the aliens that came over here, they get them all. So it's not like there's going to be much more alien plot, I imagine. Oh, the, I don't know. I mean, the rest the F- of the series. I don't know. Maybe. I, I didn't um, I didn't read too deeply about it, but so I mean, just, maybe. Just but, make them weird Frank people that want to pit humans and Moros against each other so that the Franks can take over everything eventually or something as like the true superior beings or what have you. Well, I think it also it could have been fine if it was aliens if they just didn't have such a stupidly complicated plan that didn't need to be like it, the aliens have never heard of Occam's razor, I guess, is the problem. Like, I, I don't know. A simplest solution is usually the right one. It I it just seems like they could have been aliens and they could have just done something more simple. But then, I, so if you take the al- if you leave the aliens in, you have to rework the entire like paying off politicians plot to be something else. Whereas well, if you I just think, I think take the been... aliens out, you can keep that plot in. Well, no, and... no, 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 no. I think it would have been fine if the aliens were, for example, trying to take over Earth rather than just shutting down NASA. Like, like if their goal was causing, you know. Um, riots and distrust among different sections of society in order to infiltrate the government and take over through a decades-long planning, that makes way more sense. But just being like, no, we just did this so they wouldn't go to space is Okay, but then that begs the question, why do the aliens want to take over Earth? They like shinies. Earth has some shinies. (laughs) Okay. They they just want all the diamonds. They want all the shinies. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, like, you don't even have to take over the Earth. You just have to be the only you just have to be create a diamond mining monopoly that's like much less chris i don't know why you're so focused on diamonds it was not just diamonds it was very specifically a lot of different kinds of gems okay so yeah you can just make a gem monopoly like you're the only company that you're the de beers of but you're aliens the aliens de- <laughs> uh the <de> aliens <laughs> uh, man i think you take out the alien part and make it a, a frank's pitting humans and more is it against each other thing and like, yeah i think if that got reworked i think if the human and animal hybrids were maybe more human and less animal visually it would make the sexual romantic relationship more believable um but i like i like i said i like the set i like the world um i think it's a cool idea overall i like i actually think that the the terminology he created like like pinks and franks like i think that's very it's very believable and i think nohar as a character is also very believable i do think stephanie and i think all the other characters are kind of caricatures i don't think that they're very um sympathetic or believable but the main character is all right you know he's still um, in the end just like generic yeah hard-boiled private yeah. eye protagonist that's true, but I did think it was at least done competently. True, you know, I will like, agree there. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, this is the kind of thing that if you're killing some time at an airport, you know, totally fine. If you ever wanted Furry Blade Runner, yeah. this is it, man. Fur Runner. I'm not really <laughs> sure what a better a better portmanteau would be. Um, yeah. So, not totally horrible. Um, Blade, yeah, fur. Wow. I forgot that that word exists. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think it, it, it's fine. You know, not great, not awful, but fine. Uh, I think that if if there were some, yeah, it's not terribly creative, I think is the point we're getting at. It's It serves you kind of what, you're, what you think you're going to get um, if you're looking for like a, you know, private eye book with some sci-fi twinge. It's there. Um, there's a lot of fighting in it that is, you know, is written, written okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, I guess that's kind of it. I feel like this episode. I yeah, I'm I'm not. Don't say, the th- don't say it, Paris. No, no, no. Gonna... I I feel like we were very disorganized today. So apologies for the disorganization. Uh, I've just had a 
busy. I, busy I streak. like the loose feel of a, a nice improv-y, terrible book club episode. It's like jazz, man. Just hitting whatever <laughs> comes across. Oh, you mean free jazz? No, regular jazz is also pretty, well, I guess it depends on how chaotic it gets, right? This was definitely uh, yeah, a free depends, jazz yeah, episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this was this was that fucking crazy free jazz you hear at, like, a weird basement show or yeah, something. Yeah, I was off drumming in the corner, and you were just, like, wailing on a flute, while there's also a guy with a piano off in the corner playing a random harmony that might work against what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this reminds me of the time I went to, actually talking about this, uh, my semi-drummer, um, his dad is actually, like, a... I guess kind of a well-known uh, noise artist, and noise is like not a thing I'm into. His his dad is Rubber O Cement, so I guess if you're into noise, that guy. And so he went on a tour with his dad, and we went to see him play with his dad, do a performance at um Harvard in like a lecture hall. It was weird. Yeah, I know all the things I'm saying sound very strange. So like my drummer was. Playing saxophone and also drumming at the same time, and I don't. Need, and his dad was like flipping knobs on some kind of uh, like sequencer or something. It was just like this bizarre assortment of of noise. Um, sorry, Joe, I love you, I really do, <laughs> but I just can't get into it. Um, so that's what this episode feels like to me. Uh, this episode feels like a fucking disorganized wall of noise. You know what and, that um, means? We're going to have to hire drum to dr- play a drum underscore to this whole episode now. You said we're going to have to hire drum? Oh, God. Did you meet Joe? Yeah, my brain bad today. <laughs> Joe, we love you. We're really sorry. Um, <laughs> no, your please... name is drum now. <laughs> drum, we really love you. I do. I do. Um, <laughs> drum plays the Joes for you. <laughs> God, I really hope he just skips over this episode and I never have to explain myself. Hit them Joes one more time, Drummo. <laughs> oh, anyway, we don't have to talk about this anymore. Um, do we have anything to tell the people? Um, we can thank our patrons. All right, sweet. So thank you. Thank you, glorious patrons. Thank you to Dari, Greg, Will, Veronica, D, Jared, Lynn, Sina, Jakob, Torben, a.k.a. Duck King, Bobby Blackcat, Ayame, Jensina, Mayo Cat, Elliot, and our newest patron, Kieran, or Kieran, I'm not sure which pronunciation you prefer. Uh, thank you very much, Kieran, Kieran, however you say it, uh, for joining the Terrible Book Club. I hope you are enjoying all that extra content you're getting. Uh, hopefully we'll hear from you in as to the pronunciation of your name. Hopefully that was, one of those was correct. I let you hang yourself with your own rope on that one. I, had, I just didn't want to interject anything. To... No, that's that's fine. I deserved it. Um, so if you want to help support the show, you can also become a patron. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can rate and or review please us. please leave a, a thought out comment on YouTube for once. Oh, for fucking Christ, I know. People, YouTube is just, like we said in the past, YouTube is full of the angriest the people. The brains are shut off on YouTube. Oh, yeah. It's very strange how that platform... I really hope someone is doing research as to why different platforms cater to different types of reactions and interactions. Anyway, uh, you can rate or review us on a platform of your choice or simply just share the show and tell someone about it. That's honestly super helpful. Uh, you can also contact us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Goodreads, or you can send an email to terriblebookclub.com. Uh, yeah, otherwise, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think if we have any news, but... I don't really um, necessarily have news, but I... Uh, a thing that I wanted to do more this year, and I started kind of doing when I was Christmas shopping uh, at towards the end of last year, which is where Christmas happens. Um, <laughs> yes. I am going to try to source more Terrible Book Clubs, Terrible Book Club books myself by physically going into places where there are books and using my eyes to look at the shelves. Um, we've subsisted off of a lot of reader, uh, I mean, listener recommendations. I suppose they're reading the books, too, so that counts um and you know google searches and like finding lists of things or most famous books but i want to do some of my own digging this year so um i already found one that should go up on the schedule at some point but i i'm gonna try to dive into the mines myself and get those shinies i think that'll be a good uh way to find some unique items I think I think you're right. Um, but we also have I mean, we have some other things we know we're going to read. But 
I, yeah, I didn't build out the entire year in advance like I did last year. So eh, that's probably fine. If you guys uh, got recommendations, throw them at us. Well, especially patrons. Y'all fucking pay for our recommendations, and there's several people who have yeah, we're like not obligated. given us something. Yeah, so also, a new year started, so even those people have their next year's recommendation. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. God damn it. Okay. That's why there's a limit on the $5 tier. That's true. That is why that, that's why there's a limit on that tier and the higher one. But anyway, we're just rambling now. Um, I don't know that I have anything more to say. So, Paris, uh, that's it for this episode of Terrible Book Club. Where, um, oh, we, it sure is. Uh, we, you know, we, we covered a good amount of ground here. I would say we talked about human furry relations and cyberpunk dystopias and actually not that much ground at all. I, there wasn't that much other ground, so. <sighs> no. Um, yeah, this episode is fucking over and, uh, I don't want to <laughs> ever think about it again. And hopefully the next episode will be more fun. Okay, Paris. Good night. Good night. Good night.